0: If you know the show. You're listening to Real Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. What matters to me? Well, uh, gotta say this game three matters to me because there's been two games already in the NBA Championship Finals. Uh, out of uh, perhaps maybe as many as seven, there has been three played already. Of course, everybody knows all you got to do. Whoever gets to four first. And uh, game one and two, regardless of how they were won, I think the majority of people out there, with the exception of myself, um, thought that Golden State would win them both. I-, I thought that the Cavaliers would sneak in and win one. Of course, when there's a seven-game series and another team has home field advantage, what you always want to do is you, have, you want to win one on their court because they get four games if it goes seven and you get three. So the best way, you know, is to get home field advantage is to, when you got two of those games at their place, get one. And uh, we didn't. We didn't get it. And I say we because, yeah, I'm a homer. Um, Of course, I'm a Cavs fan. Expect it. But you got to keep going. You know, it's like, you know, you got to have like a shooter's mentality. You miss one, you know, you can shoot another. You lose one game, you play another. It's just a game. It makes no difference. The bottom line is it makes no difference with how bad you win or how great how bad you lose or how great you win. You know, it's just all you need is one point more than the other team to win and one point less than the other team to lose. That's the bottom line. You do want to play well, but when you're looking at something that is history – You just want to look at it and you want to try to improve it to the point whereas, you know, the Cavs know what they got to do. LeBron knows what he has to do. You've got to refocus. Now, I I will say this. A lot of times, you know, you hear guys talk about things after a game and, you know, it may sound like they're just giving an answer that they've been told to give. No. What happens is you sit in meetings, you listen to the coach, and – you basically paraphrase what he says to the media. So, you know, what LeBron says or anybody else says is probably something similar to what Ty Lewis said, you know, in the meetings as to why they lost, what they did wrong, what they've got to correct, and how they can win. That's the, that's the bottom line. That's what, that's, that's, what they, that's what you do. You listen to what your coach says, and then you say something very similar to what he says in your own words. So the Cavaliers still feel they can win. Of course, they, they don't want to think, you know, if, it's, if they're not going to try to win, then why play? Just, you know, just pack up your bags and go home. Now you're down 0-2 with a team that some people think is much better than you. But you can beat them. You've beat them before. So why, why not still feel confident you can do it? And if you haven't, why not feel like you can do the impossible? That's what happens every day. Somebody does something that somebody thinks is impossible. There are records broke every day. Somebody breaks a record. Somebody does something that nobody else has ever done before in their life. So you, you hope that one day you become one of those people. And uh, by the way, without, because I'm going to get to it later, but it just came across my mind. I want to make sure that uh, that I talk about in a later segment. Uh, Dwight Clark. God bless his soul, hopes it rests in heaven. Uh, Dwight Clark, of course, uh, wide receiver for the San Francisco 49ers, um, passed away with ALS. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But did something nobody ever done. Caught a touchdown pass late at the end of the game, and the uh, San Francisco 49ers started a dynasty. That, that really propelled them on to become – one of the greatest franchises ever in the National Football League. We we lost great player from that team, from that generation, my generation, Dwight Clark. <sighs> so let's 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 get back to the Cleveland Cavaliers and of course, you know, doing something great, you know, making great play. Believe it in yourself. Everybody on that Cavaliers team is a professional basketball player, meaning that there's probably I think maybe 15. Okay, 15, and, you know, so in the NBA, it's probably, you know, I'm going to say maybe seven, 800 basketball players. That means if you're on that team, if you're the last person on the bench, you're still one of the best 800 basketball players in the world. And if you're on the Cavaliers, then you're, you know, you're probably one of 15 to 15, 30, probably one of the 30 best players in the NBA because you're on a team that's in the NBA championship. You can do something special. You've done every one of those players on those teams have had games that have made them so special. They've had some great basketball games and some great performances. Some that will go down to people who watch those games will never forget in their life. They need to dig deep down and come up with them. They they, they just they just got to do it. Larry Nance Jr. I want to see a game that you your dad play like your dad used to play. Sit down with your dad and watch some game film. When your dad just plays. I need that out of you. Same thing, Kevin Love. Kevin Love. Listen, I've I've said this before, Willie. You're not on with me right now, but you know I've said, listen, man. I need to see that superstar that Kevin Love was at one time. Somehow or another, you got to go back and you got to bring that game back. By the by the way, Willie, you're not here now. Willie Gibbs, of course, uh, you know. My friend from the OHIO, who normally joins the show not with me today, uh, corrected me, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago on the show when I was talking about LeBron excelling in points. Uh, well, I believe, you know, I did a little research. You know, you got to do that to prepare yourself for a show. And uh, I think LeBron, the, the number that I was saying that LeBron needed going into was 71. And you were saying he was an all-time leader already. I think it's in finals that LeBron needed 71 points in the finals to eclipse um, may have been uh, Mike. Uh, now he's in, number, he's in the number two spot, but I guess, you know, he now is number two in scoring in the finals. So um, anyway, with that being said, LeBron has got to come up, of course, 51 points in a losing effort. What does that mean? That means that you score 51 and you lost, and that means that you just have to score maybe 52, 53, whatever it is. Whatever LeBron knows, whatever it is that he has to do, he has to do it. You know, you, you find yourself, you know, if you want to win championships, it's not easy to win championships. Okay, what the excuse, there, there are no excuses. You know, the bottom line is you've you got to win. And so other guys have to contribute. Kevin Love got to be special. You can be, Kevin, you can be special. You got to make up in your mind that you're going to play the best game you ever played, ever, period. JR, JR. <sighs> yes, we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about JR. And we're going to skip over game two and we're going to go back to game one to talk about it. Shit happens. Yeah, we on, we on the Internet. I can say that. So I don't care, J.R. I really don't care, man. I'm a true fan. I'm a ball player, too, man. I know you know, I've done that before. What about when you drop a ball? You fumble. You know, for him, you know, okay, if somebody fumbles, they don't try to fumble. Somebody, you know, makes a boo-boo play. He, he didn't try to do that. It's just it, it happened. That's the thing about it. Very few people who are in any profession find themselves, when they're in the most pressure situation, a camera's focused on them, and millions of people are focused on them, so that when they make a mistake, the whole world knows it. Now, the whole world does, because, you know, they got this thing called the internet, and it goes global. So, so you know, how many of you take the, take the time to stop and think? You know, there there are so many expectations of athletes. Athletics is not, it's not different than any other profession. These people get paid to do a job. Many of us have gotten paid to do a job and we've made a mistake. And it's been a costly mistake. It's been a human error that how could you possibly do that? Were you not concentrating? What were you, what were you focused on? What were you thinking about? Think about people who have car wrecks. <laughs> okay? That's something a little bit more... Important than you know what J.R. Smith did. He, he so he, he did just was not aware how much time was on the clock. Yeah, that's a boo-boo mistake when the world is watching you. But he made it so. He, he, okay, so it's over. What I don't like is I think that many people on that team let that, that that mistake cannot be the punch that hit you in the stomach and bent you over for the rest of the series. Everybody's got to forget about that. Can't do that. It wasn't, you know, the punch in the last round. It wasn't the Meldrick Taylor punch that Meldrick took in the, in the 15th round of his fight. At the bell. Didn't have time. Couldn't get up. Was, fight was over. No, it wasn't like that. We got, after that, we had as many as six more games left. Now we've played two We've got five left. J.R., I need you to put that behind you like you know how to do and play ball like you've never played in your life. Show them how special you are. There's a reason why the greatest player in NBA basketball today wants you on his team. It's happy that you're on his team. Because, yeah, you can make some bonehead mistakes, but you also can make some damn good plays. If Kevin Love and J.R. Smith... And Green and Clark and Tristan, you know, if those those guys would come up with some special games for the next five games, the Cavs can win this. These guys got potential to play that well. As well as Golden State plays consistently, these guys can come up with some special games to win this series. See the see the Golden State, when you see them play, you've consistently seen that from them. Well, sometimes when they're upset, it's because people play, as they say, above their head, over their head. They play the best games of their life. Well, that's that's what we that's what we need from the Cavaliers. But, but we know with the potential that they have, if they play those best games that they've ever played in their life, that's the one it's going to take for them to win. But that can happen. What, what's happening right now with the Cavaliers is nobody, with the exception of that 51-point game Brown had, nobody's been in the zone. Nobody's been in a zone. Nobody's been in a zone. It's, it's, you know, when you get that comfort level, and you've heard people talk about when, you know, when the bucket, you know, looks like it's as big as, a, you know, who's like the size of a, a tire, a big semi truck tire, just round and big old hole in the middle of it. Nobody's got that feeling yet. Somebody's got to get it. Somebody's got ooh, reminds <laughs> me back in the day. Man, Shout out to Frank Minfield. Somebody's got to get him. Somebody's got to get it. Somebody's got to get that feeling. Somebody's got to find themselves in a zone. Multiple people have to find themselves in a zone where everything is clicking. Playing your best basketball that you've ever played in your life. That's what you got to do when you're in the NBA Finals. Play your best basketball in your life. We're going to take a break and we're going to come back. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. Take this break and we'll be right back.
1: Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports.
2: Are you ready for the latest sports news, the culture around the game and unique insight? Then you need to make Kareem and the coach your destination each week. Host Kareem Rush played for the LA Lakers and has the inside track to personas in both professional and college sports. Co-host Eric Newman is a former basketball coach and now a producer and filmmaker. Together they cover sports and entertainment in a fast-paced hour every Friday at 5pm Eastern Time and 2pm Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel.
1: Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports.
0: All right, you hear the music know the show. You this the rail of sports on the Voice America Network and Phoenix Living Like It Matters. What matters to me, game three of the NBA season is coming up. And many times on television, you see a lot of talking heads. And they have intertwined many former players into the dialogue to give you a perspective from their personal experience of how they may have felt that at a certain time to explain the game in greater detail to let you understand it from a player's perspective. And that's all I'm trying to do here with you is share from my perspective of being in the heat. Being in the heat of the moment and to kind of get you to understand a little bit how it's a little different than, you know, what some people with the exception of surgeons. I'm gonna say with the exception of surgeons who and we're talking life and death here now. This is this is different. This is this is life and death, and then this is but but it's 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 a very high intense environment where you have to do the right thing at the right time, else there are still consequences. And 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 there, is some it could be somebody's life in basketball or football. It's just that you lose or win the game. The game is the biggest game, you know, of all times. Many times, Super Bowl, NBA championships, and sometimes the pressure will get to you where you you will react in such a way that uh, it it's not, you know, beneficial to your team. And so, what what has to happen is you have to try to practice these pressure situations. You know, where you find yourself um, in a situation where, uh, I, you know, I've got to be aware of what's going on at all times. Jr. Smith did not. But I moved on from J.R., but I just want to just kind of revisit how the conversation started off. That was game one. Of course, it was game two. G- game two, the, the Cavaliers, it was it was the punch in the stomach. That happened at the end of the game one. That lingered on to game two, and the performance was such as if, oh, man, he didn't just knock the win out of me. He kind of probably broke a couple ribs, and that, that's how they played. It's like they, it was almost like it was no. They were injured. They, there was no chance. They they had been afflicted mentally to the point where emotionally they couldn't even get ready for that game, get prepared for that. But again, that was, that was a way, that was at the home court of the other team. Golden State Warriors. So there was two games played there. Golden State was expected how they were expected to win. Nobody knew, nobody cared. A lot of people just picked them. I thought the Cavs would come out with one. But the people picked them. So really the series right now at 2-0 is what the majority of people expected. The majority of people expected at this time the series would be 2-0. Golden State would be up on the calf. Didn't make a difference how, much, how many points or how they won. The real test now is to see when they come into Cleveland, how the Cavaliers play and how Golden State plays. Because Golden State is coming in now with the mindset of sweep. That's what they believe. Again, as a player, these are kind of things when you get momentum going, when things start working for you, you think that way. But now the Cavaliers are going to return to their home court, where the basket is going to be the size of a tire, semi-truck tire. And I'm just predicting that a couple players have games like they've never had in their life. Somebody's going to, a couple players, a number of players going to be in the zone. And anybody who's ever played pro sports in their life, you've been in the zone before. You can't, I'm telling you right here, I, I, you know, scientifically, it probably hasn't been proved but I guarantee you there's not a professional athlete, particularly football and basketball, that can't tell you what it's like to be in a zone. I guarantee you there's every last one of them that has, has ever played pro football or basketball can tell you that they've been in a zone before. It, it is it's actually an a altering feeling where your body feels Like you've never felt before. It's not if you touch it, it feels different, but it's just what you're going through and how things are happening and what's happening. It's almost like, wow, I I, I can't, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable to yourself, but you know it. I'm gonna tell you a quick story. You know, I remember a time when I was in the zone. Uh, we actually have play, and you know, it's almost like, and I've never, you, you don't prepare yourself for the zone. You just end up in it. But what happens is you're so prepared that you find yourself in a zone. And we, I, I'll never forget my, it was my first year in Cleveland and we were playing, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. And of course, those of you out there who listen to the show, you know that I'm born and raised in Canton, Ohio, the Hall of Fame city. Shout out to the Canton McKinley Bulldogs. And, um. As a kid, I was very familiar with the success of the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, at the expense of the Cleveland Browns, but I, I now was a member of the Cleveland Browns, and so I uh, also remember as a kid, uh, shout out to Bruce Carter, uh, Bruce was a coach of mine at one, at one time, my senior at Cam McKinley High School, and uh, but Bruce was also, he, when I was a kid, he was the executive director of a summer program. We called it Night Owl. It was at, a, I think, a Presbyterian church in Canton, Ohio, at the, right across the street from Temkin High School. And uh, it was a recreational program for us, a place safe haven for us to go uh, in the summer nights. And it stayed open until about 9, 30, 10 o'clock. And uh, they had basketball courts there, too. But they also would take us on trips. And they it was the first year that the Pittsburgh Steelers Stadium that they shared with the Pittsburgh Pirates, I believe, Three River Stadium. I think it was the first year of Three River Stadium. They opened it up and they took us to Three River Stadium. But not well, they took us to Pittsburgh. But it just so happened that across from the street of the stadium, there was an incline, which we call an incline. It was it was like almost like a roller coaster. You could ride it and it takes you up to the top of the hill, and you could see overlook the stadium and see the city and everything. We didn't go into the stadium. Well, yeah, I take that back. We did. We went to a pirate baseball game, but we it was the ride on the incline that took me up so high that was just amazing. And I looked over at the stadium and everything, and I just you know kind of had a moment, dreamed about that stadium over there. Now I don't know if I had a quick dream about playing in it. But I just remember. I remember being fascinated as so I looked. Oh my God! Then I got a chance of going to go into the stadium. Well, when I come back to play in Cleveland, we now are about to go and play the Steelers in Three River Stadium. I played in Three River Stadium prior to that because I was with the Eagles, and we played. You know, every year we had a preseason game, and the Eagles and the Steelers always played. And if for some reason, it was it, well, not it wasn't always in Pittsburgh. There's another story I could tell you about that, but. Uh, I played in their preseason game. So anyway, now this is a regular season game we're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers, and this is—it's been 13 years since that stadium has been built, and the Browns had never beat Pittsburgh in Three Rivers Stadium. Was well, the first time of the two times of the each year, Eagle—I mean that the Browns played the Steelers, and it's in Pittsburgh. And so as we prepare for the for the game, you know there's various reporters. You know, interviewing players throughout the week, and of course, my turn comes around. Um, They want to remind me about the fact that the Steelers have been dominating the Browns. In fact, the Browns in 13 years have never won a game there. I think this one coming up was going to be the third. It's been 13 years, and the Browns haven't won. I'm like, okay, 13 is supposed to be an unlucky number. Um, I believe in Jesus. I I don't. I'm not going to embrace that. so I, I I was like, well, bad luck, man. I, I don't I don't believe in that. I believe in getting prepared for the game. And so we we play this game. And very early, I think it's like the first series of the game. You know, if you if you prepare for the game and you know different plays, you see them when they happen and all this kind of stuff. Uh you you, you know how they line up and everything, you know what they're you know, what anticipate what the statistics say according to the analytics. This is what they probably do in this down and distance and it, and when they line up in this formation, and they lined up a couple times, and I'm like saying to myself, "Damn! It appears to me that they coming out of formation where they, you know, line up in plays where the the place where they are trying to attack is me." So I, I guess their game plan is, you know, I was thinking, that I guess their game plan is they think they can attack me. I'm going to be the weak link on this team, and they're going to beat us for the 13th time because they're going to attack me. No, that is not happening today. And I remember one time a bat came circling around the backfield, and all that came to my mind at one time. I made a play and said to myself, oh, no, hell no they really trying to play me. Really? That's not going to happen. And I, I just found myself in the zone. Found myself in the zone. You know, just got a chance. I was making plays. It was like, you know, as was a little boy that I was dreaming about making. And I made them. And thank God we won. First time in the history that the Browns ever won a game in Three Rivers Stadium. And I got the defensive most valuable player of the game. I'm saying to you, and that was as an example of, you know, what happens to players when they find themselves in a zone. (laughs) You play like, you know, like you dreamed about playing. It's like you're in a dream. That's what the zone is. For those of you who who never played, but, you you know, to experience what it's like to be in the zone, that every NFL and NBA player has experienced in their life at some point in time, it's like, when you dream that you played in a game and you made the last shot of the game or you had a dream that you played in a game and you were the best player on the court or the field. That's the zone. The zone is almost like a dream. It's like this cannot be happening like this. Oh, my God, I'm, am I that good? Am I really, Is this really me making these plays? That's the zone. That's what has to happen. That's what has to happen for the Cleveland Cavaliers, to win these games. That's what has happened. They can do it. it can be, it's, it's been done. It's not a miracle. It's says you find yourself playing excellent. You don't make any mistakes. Everything goes your way. It's not perfect. You might make a mistake here and there, but you're as, as close to perfection as you can be. And every one of them have been there before. Many times, you see Golden State play. It's almost like they play in zones every game. It's like they locked in into the zone. That's unfair, but sometimes they play like that. I think we got to take a break. You listen, to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix. We'll take a break and be right back.
2: Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel.
1: Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports.
0: All right, you hear the music you know the show, you're listening to regular sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And uh, what matters to me? Well, it's game three, or certainly game three will be on Wednesday, uh, which is tomorrow, of the NBA Finals for 2018. And I'm anticipating that my Cleveland Cavaliers will find themselves in a rejuvenated, excuse me, state of mind, energy, passion, desire to win, will find themselves in a zone as a team, as a whole. And they will win game three. I'm, st- I'm staying with the Cavs to win this whole series. Uh, you know, you don't give up on your team. Speaking of giving up on your team, there was a player once by the name of Dwight Clark played for the San Francisco 49ers, never gave up on his team. In fact, he and Joe Montana made one of the greatest plays in NFL history late in the game against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, shout out to my man Everson Walls. Uh, Two you know I, that's not anything to embarrass you, but you know you, uh, you know exactly what I'm saying. And um, but Dwight made a great play right in front of Everson, uh, one of the greatest corners ever played the game should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. In fact, we're gonna. St- I, can I believe I'm starting a campaign for a cowboy? But that's my man, Two foe. man. Anyway, so uh, but we lost Dwight, and I just want to. Uh, I've never done this before, but I'm actually going to. Uh, Actually, an article is out in the Bleacher Report. I'm, you know, I'm not, you know, this is not plagiarism. I'm actually giving them all the credit. They 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 put an article out. I think it's extremely um, sensitive for them to share. Uh, nowadays, you know, family members can write stuff about their family members, be picked up on social media, and it's out there. But the Bleacher Report is reporting that former San, San Francisco 49er Receiver Dwight Clark, who had ALS died Monday at the age of 61. Uh, His wife, Kelly, announced the news on Clark's Twitter account. Okay, I don't have my specs with me, but it says uh, this is what his wife wrote. I'm heartbroken to tell you that today I lost my best friend and husband. He passed peacefully, surrounded by many of the people he loved the most. I am thankful for all of Dwight's friends, teammates, and 49er fans who have sent their love during his battle with ALS. Kelly Clark. The article goes on to say that that was her words from his Twitter account. The article goes on to say uh, Clark was a two-time Super Bowl champion playing in the San Francisco 49ers from 1979 to 1987 before retiring. The Clemson product... Clemson. And you guys know I got a problem with Clemson. The Clemson product was selected was selected to the Pro Bowl twice and was named First Team All-Pro in 1982 after leading the league with 60 catches in a strike-shortened season. Yeah, that was a strike. I was a part of that strike. I remember that. I remember playing against Dwight. He finished his career with 506 receptions for 6,750 yards and 48 touchdowns. Former teammate Joe Montana released a statement on his Twitter Following the news, these, these words are from Joe Montana. Dwight was a vibrant, charismatic soul. Jennifer and I were heartbroken over his passing. While we knew it was inevitably coming, it came way too soon. We are grateful for the decades of love and friendship we shared. We are praying for Dwight, his family, and all your prayers also. We will miss you, Dwight. We will miss miss you dearly. Love, Jennifer, and Joe Montana. Goes on to say, of course, this is not uh, Dwight's words. I mean, this is not uh, Joe's words anymore. This is the article. Of course, Clark's most famous grab came in the 1981 NFC Championship game against the Dallas Cowboys in a play forever known as the catch. That's what I talked about a little earlier. Unfortunately, he was diagnosed with the amitrophic, Lateral cirrhosis last year and eventually moved to Montana during his final months. He lived close to former 49ers owner Hall of Famer Eddie DeBartolo. The 49ers cele- celebrated Dwight Clark Day at Levi Stadium in October and several former teammates in attendance, including Joe Montana and Jerry Rice. Now, I will say this, Dwight Clark was not the fastest. He was not the most athletic wide receiver in the league at that time, but he was just good. I think we call him possession receivers. he He wasn't taking it over the top and burning anybody, anything like that. But Dwight one thing I believe in as a former player, when i when I instruct young men today, As a person who in high school played wide receiver and I was also a defensive back, uh, I've never liked to hear them say that defensive backs are defensive backs because they're wide receivers who cannot catch. I took tremendous pride as a receiver and as a defensive back that if the ball touched your hand, catch it. Catch an interception, particularly if you're on defense, you know, you reduce the amount of plays that the offense has. Every time they have the ball, they have a chance to make a play that could be a touchdown. So you want to eliminate the chances that they have. So intercept the ball anytime you have a chance to. For me, there were times where, you know, I struggled playing the game because it was like, OK, do I go for the interception or do I make this big hit? And and I, I used to struggle with it. I used to struggle with it because whenever you make an interception, chances are you could also make a very big hit because the you arrive with you know where the ball is almost at the same time because the receiver they're throwing it to the receiver, so you're probably putting your hands in a position where you're getting it just before he gets it. So you're close enough that if you decided to hit him, you could have hit him. Now, depending on the angle. You know, it was a decision of how, you know, how you could deliver that blow, if it would have had a serious impact. And and sometimes you take you you have to send a message. So sometimes you you take your shots. That's what I, I you know I talked to my I I, th- I shared it with you guys on the show here. Talked to my a boy my man Herman Edwards a couple of weeks ago, and you know he talked about you know you just need one. <laughs> That's a Herman. So you just need one, just just one every time you make a tackle, you don't have to deliver that shot. You can't. Your body's not always in a position where you can deliver that blow. But sometimes when you get that opportunity to, to deliver that blow, you guys have heard, if you listen to my show consistently, when you don't take that shot, there's some questions about you. And particularly if you don't take that shot and you try for that interception, you don't get that interception or you try for that interception and you drop that interception, then there's really questions. But, but, But Dwight was one of those people that Dwight, he could catch the ball. You know, now, you know, with all the analytics, you know, they have the opportunity to talk about how many times an athlete is targeted, a receiver is targeted, and and how many times he he catches it. And that's important to know. How many times they throw the ball in your direction towards you for you to catch it and how many times you actually catch it. Because if I'm not a quarterback, and and you know when a, when there's a play, there there may be a receiver of which the play, the first option may be for you to throw it to a certain receiver, but there's everybody else is running the route. You're supposed to run your as a receiver. You're supposed to run your route with the understanding that the play is coming to you. Now. You may be running a deep, a nine and running the guy off, you know, to clear out the zone and somebody's coming behind you up under and they're going to dump it off to them. You may not run that nine fast enough or, you know, you may dog it and somebody else makes a play because you didn't clear out the zone like you're supposed to. You could be a decoy. But sometimes you might think you're a decoy and the quarterback might just decide, you know, I'm going to throw it to you. So you got to be ready at all times. you got you know, you got to be ready for the quarterback to throw the ball to you and catch it. And the quarterback – You know, he registers and keep these things in the back of his mind that he knows who he throws it to, who he targets, and he knows how many times they catch it. Now, he may not know that number, but he knows in his mind that, no, oh, when I throw it down, he don't never catch it. And you may only drop it like, you may drop it like three times out of 10, but that's 30%. Now, 70%, ah, that 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 may be good, but I don't want you dropping the ball 3 times, man, not 3 times. You drop 3 passes? That's out of a, that's 30 out of 100, you know, that that may not that means you're catching 70, but still no. You know, but that that might be a good that might be a good number. Don't get me wrong, that might be some somebody, somebody else might accept that, but as a receiver, no, I want to catch it all the time. I at least want to catch it, you know, 8 out of 10 times, 80%. Give me 8 Eighty and seventy, only ten percent different, but that just seems eighty percent sounds a lot better than seventy percent. Seventy is a C. That's average. You don't want to be average. You want to be better than average. But Dwight Clark was much better than average. He's all pro a couple years. But you know, Dwight was one of the guys when you played. You you had to know where Dwight was at at all times. Dwight, you know, had some athleticism. He jumped up to catch that the, the catch. That was a great play on the fingertips. They caught it. The cameraman, you know, one of the best, you know, photographs of all time because they caught the they caught the pitcher with the ball right on his fingertips. He was able to get his feet down the back of the end zone. 49ers won the game. So, Dwight Clark, man, thank you for your contribution to the game. You, as a matter of fact, have made – You've raised the expectations of a game to the point where people think play the game all the way to the end of the game. You might be able to, Somebody might make the catch. Somebody might be like Dwight. Dwight, thank you for giving it all, man. And I'm sorry that we as a league has not. We have not been able to do what should have been done for people like yourself who suffered from ALS. The contributions to your family, to you personally, your health and financially should, should be much more advanced. Now, I know you're going to be happy that you, know, that you fought on behalf of yourself and other players and your family financially will you know, receive some benefit once you're gone. But now I believe you and your family should have received those benefits while you were still here so you could, your family could enjoy them with you. I also believe that the game should should have been played safer more information should have been revealed so that perhaps maybe we could do something to prevent people from suffering as you have suffered. But God rest your soul, man, and thank you so much for everything you did. We're gonna miss you, brother. I think it's that time we gotta take another break. This is Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, Living Like It Matters. We'll be right back.
2: Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand
1: 24-7. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports.
0: All right, you hear the music, you know the show. You're just the rail of sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, so living like it matters. What matters to me, game three. Game three of the NBA Championship will be on tomorrow night. Cleveland Cavaliers gotta do their thing to win the game and to hopefully win the series. Something else matters to me today, too. I didn't I didn't want to take up the entire show discussing it, but I certainly wanted to take the time out to express my opinion. And it's my opinion. That's one thing about this country is we all have an opinion when we're 18 years old. Our opinion matters so much that we all get a chance to have a vote in our democratic process of electing officials. And so every man, every woman counts once you reach the age of 18 here in the United States of of America. So I have a voice again, this, this is Ray Ellis sports. So this is not the opinion of the network, World Talk Radio or Voice America or Voice America Sports. This is mine. And I, I just have an opinion about, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles and the fact that um, they are not in Washington, D.C. They are not going as a team to Washington, D.C. My, my personal opinion is I respect the decision made of the team. Got a tremendous amount of respect for Jeffrey Lurie, the owner of the team. Tremendous amount of respect for Malcolm Jenkins, the Ohio State University former Buckeye fraternity brother will make us High Five Fraternity Incorporated. Support him, Chris Long, things he's done. I, I just, you know, as a person who's a former player for the Philadelphia Eagles, I was so happy when the Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl. So happy. And there was nothing that was going to distract my feelings of them winning that championship. At that time, I was so overwhelmed, my emotions. I I was so, so happy. I really, really was. And nothing could deter from that at that time and that moment. I was so caught up in it. I almost feel like I won the Super Bowl, but certainly the team that I rooted for, the team that I used to play for, won the Super Bowl. Nobody, nothing can ever take away from that. Nothing got a trophy. The team got a trophy. Says 2018 World Super Bowl champions, World Champions of the National Football League. It happened. They tried before. Wilbur Montgomery, Jaws, Harold Carmichael, Roynell Young, Herman Edwards, Jerry Sizemore, Stan Walters, Guy Moore. Shout out, Guy Moore's. God bless you, man. I heard you're struggling. I'm praying for you. Franklin Master, Jerry Robinson. All those guys, man, I remember them because I came in as a rookie the year after they lost to the Raiders. And one of my favorite ball players of all time, Jack Tatum, but they lost to the Raiders. We tried that next year. We lost in, in, in the um, wild card game to the Giants. And, and then after that, we just we couldn't get it together. That was a long time ago. They hadn't been to the Super Bowl since the 1980 Super Bowl. I take that back. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I take that back. I had a football moment there. I went down to Jacksonville to the Super Bowl, and, and of course, uh, T.O. and Donovan McNabb and the boys went down. Yeah, but we didn't. We didn't come out of victor. So we, we we were still suffering from that loss too. So two Super Bowl losses that you know I was close to, and it's just. Nothing's going to take away from it. So lo and behold, fast forward 2018, win the Super Bowl. And everybody out there, know. You know I'm sure you know if you're, you're a sports fan that, you know, you get invited to go to the White House. But this, this is what I like about this city. This is Philadelphia. I, I was so excited when I got drafted to go to the Philadelphia Eagles, too. A lot of history in the city of Philadelphia. A lot of history there. America. And I don't get into all into that, you know, stuff about rah, 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 I don't know, I don't of course I took American history like everybody else, so I, I know, but I don't know all of the history of the country. Like I know the back of my hand. I don't know it like that. But I but I know there were some struggling times when this United States of America was not united. I know there were times early on when this United States of America first evolved, when it became what's known now as the United States of America. But what was it? What they call it when we found these grounds, the people that were here, what did they call it? I don't know. But we dubbed it the United States of America. And I can tell you this. I know I have friends from all over the world. Still, this is United States of America. Sports is, is a big part of the United States of America. But it's entertainment. It's entertainment. It, it's something that has become, a, we've turned it into a profession. You, you pay, you, people get paid to do it. But it's entertainment. Some people are in the entertainment business. But interesting enough, you know, in other places in the workforce, there's certain aspects in the entertainment business, like in sports and basketball and football and baseball and hockey, that happen that doesn't happen. This is just me. I, I don't understand how in the world... We took prayer out of schools, but we want to send guys to the other side of the world if they take a knee. Taking a knee, we pray on our knees. But if somebody takes a knee because of something that they feel is not right, We want to send them out of the country. They don't belong to be a part of this country. I, I as a black man, have found myself in a position where I felt discriminated against. People have called me things to make me feel that I am less than a man. I've had the police tell me to get on my knees and pray. I'm not some, listen, and I'm not one of those, you know, some of those people say some of my best friends are white. Some of my best friends are black. You know, I'm not going to say some of my best friends are policemen. I'm going to say to you that I, the foundation of who I am was supported and contributions were made by police I was a part of the Kent Police Boys Club. I won my first championship with the Kent Police Boys Club, Mighty Mites, the Lions. But, listen guys, we're playing sports, we're trying to bring people together, but when we bring them together, when you're together you talk about things, you discuss things. What's right, what's wrong, what you like, what you don't like, what you you know can do, how you can help me, how I can help you. Let's use sports to make Things better for everybody. Don't, nobody's gonna take away from that championship. Don't have that that Philadelphia Eagles championship. Those of us that are fans, I don't care. We didn't go to the White House, we didn't go to the outhouse. We won the Super Bowl and we're happy. Jeffrey Lloyd, Malcolm Jenkins, Chris Long, world champions. God bless you. God keep you. Philly, Philly. You've been listening to Rayella Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'll see you next time, which will be the best time.
2: Thank you for spending this hour with Rayella Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit rayellasports.com. That's rayellasports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.